the back, he got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball manager as we know it. Ask me about my win. It's always time to throw out some quick analysis whenever something breaks in the world of sports. And uh, obviously, the NBA trading deadline seems to be a kind of kind of a, a big deal this year. And before I get into anything, we got to preface by saying a deal's not done until a deal's done. Remember the Mets and 3:14 a.m. Eastern as the fans of this baseball team are going nuts because they think their team just signed star shortstop Carlos Correa to play third base for them. And that deal ended up falling through. So before we go nuts, which, listen, most of us are about to. Um, you're talking about Kevin Durant. You're talking about Russell Westbrook. Obviously, Kyrie Irving a couple days ago. All talking about significant trades. One of them's official, and the other two are probably happening. And obviously, you think of a, a complete 180 over a couple days ago when the Nets seemed to make it pretty clear that they weren't looking to move uh, Kevin Durant in the wake of the Kyrie Irving trade. And, and listen, I'm not going to talk about Kyrie anymore. I've kind of made my, my point about it. Listen, hopefully he helps the Mavericks. I, I, I root for Jason Kidd. I root for Luka Doncic. Kyrie Irving as a basketball player is just very difficult to root for. Now, he's a, an incredible talent, an unbelievable scorer, somebody that um, really has transcended the game and his ability. And yeah, listen, I can't name 30 players, or I might not be able to name 20 players in the NBA based off of their stats and their ability to play basketball that I, I like more than Kyrie Irving. It's just he's destroyed franchises. He set the Cleveland Cavaliers back, led LeBron James to go to, to L.A., which may have been where he wanted to anyway, was terrible in Boston as far as being a fit wasn't even as dominant of a basketball player there. And, you know, when, when he picks and chooses his next destination to Brooklyn, he has single-handedly brought that franchise down. And that's kind of where I want to start today. Because Kevin Durant being traded, and like I said, nothing's official until it's official, but him going to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and the corpse of Jay Crowder. And I call it the corpse of Jay Crowder because... Jay Crowder is not even an NBA player right now. He doesn't want to play. So until he actually suits up in a uniform and gets on a basketball court, I don't consider him an NBA player. He is a former NBA player, Jay Crowder, who willingly decided to sit out for a very good team playing for with the Phoenix Suns. But I'm not going to get into that again. Durant leaving the Nets puts them in a difficult position, even though they sit there with the number four seed in the Eastern Conference. And they're certainly in a in a very poised position to play some postseason basketball. Now, what does that mean? Does does uh, does it mean that the Nets are going to get any better? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the regular season plays out, because if they're able to kind of hang where they are, with the talent that they have, and I do think Bridges helps them. I think Bridges is, is, a, is a player that most basketball teams, especially teams that are going out there trying to win a championship, want to have. 
Uh, I've liked him since he, you know, since he came out of college. He's been a very good fit for the Phoenix Suns. And while the Suns should be happy to get to land a star like Kevin Durant, an all-time great like Kevin Durant, uh, Mikel Bridges is going to be a, a player that they're going to miss. So if you're the Nets, you got Cam Thomas going out there dropping 40 a game. Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith are going to make their debuts pretty soon. And, you know, once this Durant deal is official, if it does become official, like I said, Carlos Correa looked like it was a layup. And now not just for the Mets, but for the Giants, for crying out loud, right? Two teams were pretty sure that they landed a player that, you know, ended up not, not getting through medicals. So I don't, I don't want to ever hear about a trade uh, being official until it's official. <laughs> it's not over until it's over, right, Yogi Bear? But... <laughs> You know, you look at the Eastern Conference, and obviously there's a huge swing. If you imagine Kyrie and Durant going over to to the West, and you think about who really is the two the teams to beat. I, I look at Philadelphia, obviously, and Boston, the two teams they played they played yesterday. Imagine them, you know, with Boston at full strength, and I think I think Philadelphia is is better than they've shown. You know, they they just. You know, it's Embiid's team, but they, they do have some very good, solid, rounded players. James Harden's had a very good year. Um, I like those two teams. You know, you got to like Milwaukee. Is Brooklyn really the fourth best team? Is that Cleveland right now? As they may make a deal before the deadline to try to get themselves a wing? I mean, who else in that conference really scares you? To me, it's kind of a, a, a three-headed cyclops with Boston, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. And obviously, if Brooklyn's not getting Kevin Durant back, you know, if the yeah you know, the guy's injured and he's going to be out till the All Star break, at least you, at least you had the pending thought of this player end up coming back and helping your franchise. Now that didn't happen right now, so now you're looking at Mikael Bridges, who I think is a very good player. You're looking at Cam Johnson, who I think playing for the Nets as opposed to the Suns. You know, imagine you know sitting in the you know behind the backcourt tandem of Devin Booker and uh, Chris Paul, even a little bit behind campaign, right? Yeah, he's getting a chance to hopefully shoot and score a little bit. He's he scored a little bit in his career. What are the Nets right now? Maybe it's officially Jock Jock Vaughn's team. Maybe they're going to set themselves up. Hey, what players are worth building our core around as they really move on to a different era? It's no longer the Durant and Kyrie show. Now we'll see. The Nets, at this point, a very strong chance of making the playoffs right now. Even without Durant, without Irving, where do they end up when the, the regular season's over? Because that, that's a question I want to ask. But you know, as you, as you go over towards the other side, Phoenix is a team that I, I think lost some mojo with their, their owner. You know, their owner... You know, becoming a, a or actually being revealed as a as a racist certainly messed up a lot of things in that organization. And you know what? As much as I go after Jay Crowder, because who is Jay Crowder? He's not a star in the National Basketball Association. He doesn't have the right to go out there and say I'm not going to play. If his reason for not playing is because the prior owner was racist, then I could buy that. I could buy that if he gets out in a uniform and starts playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. You know their next game. If he sits here and seeks a buyout and tries to pick his next uh, team that he plays for, then I'm going to continue to blast Jay Crowder as being who is he? But 
you look at the situation that's happened there, and obviously there's a, a black general manager and a black coach. So, you know, the transition from the racist owner to a new owner that's trying to embrace things. And listen, uh, a very good move to get behind to go out there and get yourselves a Kevin Durant. But I also think it's impacted the Suns' play this year. You know, you're looking at a top-tier team when it comes to the Eastern, the Western Conference. You're looking at a team that is expected to go out there and compete for a championship or at least for the conference finals. You know, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. I think they've been knocked back because of the the you know, revelations of their owner being racist and his decision to sell the franchise. That set them back a little bit. But here's a chance for them to kind of reload on the fly with one of the best players, not just in a game, but in the history of the sport. And obviously the other big deal, you're looking at the potential of Russell Westbrook finally being unloaded. His contract, that albatross of the $47.1 million, is going to go to Utah, where he will likely be bought out. But the Lakers, really, after a lot of talk about the potential of being able to reload their roster, number one, finally got a taker for Westbrook. And number two, got themselves three players that I believe they're going to be able to use. You know, to get D'Angelo Russell, a you know consummate scorer. This way LeBron doesn't have to go out there and score 30 a game. You, know, you add yourself, uh, you know, Beasley, who's a, a, a very good player. Vanderbilt, who, who helps you on, a, you know, in the front court a little bit. All of a sudden, the Lakers don't look so bad right now. But the question is, are they going to be able to jump from the outskirts of the top dozen in the Conference of the West and get themselves in a mix to play some postseason basketball? At, at this point, I don't know. I mean, they, they got a lot to climb now what the lakers got to show at some point is that they could win some games consistently you know they go out there and they could they could beat a good team when when everything's clicking when lebron's lebron when ad's in the lineup when they get just enough help from the other players that are on that team and i would expect them to get a little more help you know having guys like d'angelo russell and vanderbilt and beasley but you know lakers have shown no consistency this year and if I think they're going to be a force in the postseason in a Western Conference with this retooled roster after finally dealing Westbrook, I, I need to see them win a little more consistently. You know, not just have a, a two, three game winning streak and then go back and lose to bad teams. You know, there's, there's, I mean, LeBron breaks the all time scoring record for crying out loud, which is one of the greatest accomplishments in sports history, and the Lakers lose that game. To a, to a team that's not making the playoffs in the Western Conference in OKC. You know, there's no guarantee that they could beat bad teams, let alone good teams. So here's a chance. You know, Darvin Ham, the head coach, LeBron James, the general manager, right? He was probably part of the facilitation of this eventual deal to get Westbrook out. And they got to start winning games. And, you know, the. They got to be bad teams, and at some point they got to be good teams. I need to see more for the Lakers before I believe in them. However, the Suns, listen, I think the Suns can go from wherever they are, what are they, sixth, seventh, you know, in the bottom of the Western Conference right now. I think they could rise up. I think they could go on a winning streak, certainly with Duran in the mix. And I love putting him in there with Devin Booker, a healthy Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. You know, I, I love rooting for Chris Paul. I'd like to see him go out there and win an NBA championship. So, you know, we're going to get into a quick version of 
today's day in sports history, going back to the year of 1540. And it's amazing because we were talking about what, you know, almost 500 years ago, the first recorded race meet in England. So whatever that means, but anything from 1540 when it comes to sports history fascinates me. So I'm trying to see if there's anything else that's important that happened on this day in sports history. Um, Joe Lewis beat uh, Arturo Godoy in 15 rounds to, for the boxing heavyweight title in 1940. The Phillies in 1942 temporarily changed their name from the Phillies, not to the Blue Jays. You heard me talk about uh, baseball history, the Blue Jays were the Phillies' nickname for a little while when they tried to rebrand. I think that was in the, the 1950s. But in 1942, they changed it to the Phils. Kind of like the Athletics in the late 1960s under owner Charlie Finley changing their name to the A's. Satchel Page was signed in 1951 by the St. Louis Browns after playing in the major leagues for the Cleveland Indians. Owner Bill Veck had moved from Cleveland to buy the St. Louis franchise. And Page at that point was 45 years old. He had a couple solid seasons, um, productive seasons, for the Browns in his mid-40s. Um, let's see. I, I still don't see anything really relevant right now. Satchel Page on the same day, which would be exactly 20 years later, becomes the first Negro League player elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And if you think about it, you know, Josh Gibson, I think, you know, you know, symbolized what was great about the Negro Leagues. But obviously there were so many great pioneers. If you think of, um, you know, Oscar Charleston and, uh, um, you know, Cool Papa Bell. And, you know, you just go on and on talking about the greats to ever play, you know, Rube Foster to dominate the Negro Leagues. Satchel Page is a pretty good face for the Negro Leagues. You know, a pretty good representation of what was great about the Negro Leagues. And it, it's good to see him be number one, the first Negro League player to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. One of the few things the Baseball Hall of Fame, by the way, has done right. You know, honor, honoring their greats. Oscar Charleston, five years later, in 1976, gets into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Rick Barry in 1980 is the first in NBA history to get eight three-pointers in a game. How many times has that happened in the NBA this year? Obviously, the three-point shot, not as prolific in 1980 as it is in 2023, um, but it was significant. You know, eight threes in a game, you start to see some higher-scoring games when teams start to incorporate the three-pointer, which really didn't happen until the last, like, what, 10, 15 years or so. Um, let's see. You know, I don't care about basketball or hockey all-star games. Um, Sugar Ray Leonard was knocked out by Terry Norris in 1991. He uh, So Terry Norris becomes the WBC Super Welterweight Champion. Uh, what are we talking about? 32 years ago today. And yeah, I, I really got nothing else. You know, I always like to mention Al Michaels and John Madden if we can. You know, Al Michaels and uh, Madden first broadcast on Sunday Night Football with the two of them. Two of the greatest broadcasters in the history. 
Let's see if we got anything special in regards to sports birthdays. Um, Bill Veck was born on this day in 1914, the legendary baseball owner. And I said all along, we're talking about uh, you know top owners and my favorite owners in the history of baseball. Bill Veck is there. Charlie Finley's there. George Steinbrenner's there. You know, a couple others will come off the top of my head. Um, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Danny White was born on the same day as Mookie Wilson, the former Mets star and World Series champion in 1952. Uh, let's see. John Kruk's birthday was in 1961 today. So happy birthday to the former Phillies player and now broadcaster. And, yeah, I, I don't see really very much that's that stands out. Vlad Guerrero, Baseball Hall of Famer, was born on this day in 1976. And it's pretty much going to be it. Deaths on this day in sports history. Um, let's see. Uh, Hank Bauer, former Major League infielder and manager, passed away on this day in 2007. Ed Sable, a longtime American filmmaker of NFL Films, really uh, an unbelievable pioneer in the world of sports broadcasting, passed away on this day in 2015. Jeremy Giambi, last year, a year ago today, passed away. Uh, former baseball player, uh, obviously Jason's brother, but also Played significantly in major, significantly in the major leagues for the Royals, Athletics, and a couple other teams to suicide just a year ago. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com by St. Alwister's Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Obviously, you can find the Past Ball Show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. Probably going to bang out a Super Bowl preview show for this Saturday. God bless you, and as always, I'll see you. On the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. Now they come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. It'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a there are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.